Good evening and welcome to our midweek Bible study. I'm so excited to be with you all tonight. We are back up and running and we are, I'm not going to hold us too long tonight. Um, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about what we're getting ready to get into. So if you have your Bibles real quick, lift up your Bibles and let's make our Bible declaration and let's get into it. Do me a favor real quick. Share this with somebody. Invite somebody in to join us in for our midweek Bible study and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear, Today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody go ahead and give God a plan, clap of praise this evening as we get ready to get into our Bible study. I'm just excited. Once again, I have to apologize to our listening audience, to those that have been streaming us and following us. Sunday, our, uh, our connection, our internet connection did not hold up and we were not able to stream Sunday service, but we will have this week's Sunday service and it will be in its entirety on this Sunday. I've been excited about this series that, we're been, that we've been in um, uh, uh, titled um, the chase, uh, pursuing the heart of God. But tonight I want us to continue on with our subject and what we've been dealing with here over these last few weeks. Um, last week we got into an awesome topic and we're dealing with, um, uh, how do we see ourselves? And this weekend, I really, this week I want to deal with how does God see you? Do me a favor. Let me know that you're online right now. Go ahead and like this real quick. Let me know that you're online and share this on your page. But I need to ask you a simply question, a simple question. How does God see you? Last week, we dealt with talking about how did we see ourselves. But this week, and I, this week I want to step a little further on this Wednesday night and, uh, and really find out how do we see ourselves. Why? Because the way we see ourselves directly impacts what we think and how we think God sees about us. Um, how, we, how, how we feel about ourselves uh, goes in, in, in direct correlation by what we think that God thinks about us. But we really need to find out and understand what it is that uh, and how it is that God sees us. Um, so so if you have your Bibles, I want us, I got some scripture for you this evening that we're really going to look at. We're going to be in the New Testament on this evening. Um, like a, once again, like I said last week, we dealt with the we dealt with the thing theme of how do you see yourself? And we talked about from the negative standpoint, from a positive standpoint, how you see yourself uh, helps you and allows you to chase after your goals or not attain the goals that you set for yourself. But this evening, I really need you to learn some principles and learn some understanding so that we can grow, so that we can build and we can become better kingdom citizens. Somebody say kingdom citizens. So on this evening, we're really going to deal with how does God see you, not the person next to you, but how does God see you? When when God opens up his eyes and he looks at you and he sees you, how does God see you? Because if we can understand how God sees us, then maybe we can get a better self-appreciation for who we are. The Bible says that we're created in his image and in his likeness. I told you this last week, and we're created for good works. But I need you to really understand and see just how God sees us. So how God sees you must mean more to you than anyone or anything else can ever say about you. And, and that even includes you. How God sees you has to mean more to you than anything. 
how God sees you. Because if, if you believe that God sees you as fearfully and wonderfully made, if you believe that God sees you as above and not beneath, if you believe that God sees you in a certain light and in a certain aspect, then you can, uh, you can sort of grab yourself and pull yourself together and say, if God sees me that way, I have to believe it. I can buy into it. I can, I, I can gain a different appreciation about it. And, and before we even go further, let's open us in a word of prayer. I've just been excited about this word. I haven't been able to be with you, so I've been excited about this word. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word. Your word declares, and I constantly say, that we study to show ourselves approved of workmen who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word, God. So, God, right now, we submit to your will. We submit to your authority. We submit to your, to your divine understanding and revelation of your word, God. So speak to us, speak with us, and also speak by us, God. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's get to some word on this evening. If you have your Bibles, you can open up your Bibles to 1 Peter, the second chapter, looking at the ninth and 10th verse. It's a wonderful text, and, and this text sums it up a lot about the way that God sees us and what God has called us to be. And right now, it's on your screen right now, and it says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own what possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light for once for you once were not a people but now you are the people of what of God you have not received you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy I'm gonna read that text one more time it said, but you are a chosen race. He's talking about you as a believer of Christ, as a follower of Christ, as a kingdom citizen. He said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a person, uh, for you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So this morning, as, I mean, this evening, as we as we continue on with 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 this Bible study and, and dealing with how God sees us, we have to realize first and foremost that we are a chosen people. You and I are both chosen. Once we gave our life to Christ, once we submitted ourselves to his lordship, once we submitted ourselves and became sons and daughters of God, then we became heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. But that brings us into a family bond where we must understand that we are a chosen people. That means God hand chose you. He called you by name. He knew every hair on your head. He wanted and, and set you apart for a certain assignment. You you had to match your own intentions up with his will and his purpose for your life. But you have to realize that you are a chosen race. You are a chosen people. And, and the God of the universe, who is the creator, creator of us all, chose you individually. He didn't just say, I'm, I'm just going to pick you at random. He knew you. He knew what your purpose was. He knew who you would be. He called you, appointed you, and anointed you for this time and for this season. Somebody declared that I'm chosen. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, because now you're an heir and an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You take part, you partake in the priestly nature of who Jesus Christ was. You are chosen people and a royal priesthood and a holy nation. So you must understand that we are a royal priesthood. That means you have an assignment. You have an, a responsibility to carry the banner of Christ. You have the responsibility to carry the life of Christ to others and tell others about Jesus Christ. And if you're a kingdom citizen, your mandate and your purpose should be able to walk as if you're living in the kingdom of God or you're an example and an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Are you operating and are you functioning as a kingdom ambassador? Or are you sitting on the side and you only function as a kingdom ambassador on Sunday or when, it, or when it's the opportunity for you to stand out in public? Or are, is your life 
Is your life being built? Is your life being grown? Is your life being secluded so that you can become all that God has called you to be? And when I mean secluded, I mean, do you have a prayer life? Do you have a worship life? Do you spend time reading your word? Yes, you may enjoy other things of life, but do you spend deliberate time making sure that your responsibilities line up with what the word of God says for your life? Or are you, uh, or are you functioning with both legs on both sides of the fence? Are you functioning with the, with the mindset of, well, I, I'll come to you later on, God? Or are you living the life of a royal priesthood? See, oftentimes you 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 only look at the as you only look at the pastor, the ministers, the deacons, the deaconess, the elders, the prophets, the the apostles, the bishops, and as those being the 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 priesthood of God. But no, when you gave your life to Christ, you became a royal priesthood. You became an ambassador for Christ. You became a deliberate citizen with a kingdom mandate, a kingdom assignment here in the earth to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. But are you, have you been functioning? Have you been operating? Have you been continuing and moving forward in your life as a kingdom ambassador, as a kingdom citizen? See, when you have citizenship right now, you have a dual citizenship status because you live in the United States or you live wherever country you may be watching from. You live in, the, in that region, so you have that citizenship. But when you became a Christian, when you gave your life to Christ, you accepted citizenship into the kingdom of God. You, you, you accepted citizenship into the body of Christ. So being a citizen in the kingdom, being a member of the body, being a part of a royal priesthood, that means you have certain rules and regulations you must follow if you, said that you're a, if you uh, gave your life and said that you're a kingdom citizen. So now if we're understanding that and we, we, we get into this mindset that we are a royal priesthood and then we are a holy nation, the Bible says be separate and be ye holy. That means the standard of life that I have to live, the operating procedures that I have to live have to hold up a banner. Holiness is not just shouting in church. Holiness is not just being able to speak in tongues. Holiness is not just being able to sing a hymn, but it's a standard of life that you must live. There's a standard of righteousness that you must operate under. Amen. There's a standard that you have to see yourself upholding and living towards in order to be this kingdom citizen that's maximizing his, op his or her opportunity to do the will of God in the earth. Because he said, and he said in Matthew 28, uh, I go to prepare a place. No, he said in Matthew 28, go therefore in all the world and make disciples of all of the men and teaching them those things that you've seen and heard and brought to your remembrance. Like I was sending you the Holy Spirit. But if that's not your mandate and your mindset, what are you teaching others about a relationship with Christ? Oh, that I can do whatever I want to do? That I can operate however I want to operate and still call myself a Christian? Or are you teaching him that, yes, I have grace and mercy, but there are kingdom standards that I must live by. There are kingdom principles that I must operate by. There is growth that must happen in my life. There's a maturity that must happen as in my life. Because the Bible said when I was a child, I thought as a child. I, I, I did things as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. So if you're a kingdom citizen, gradually your growth should be allowing you to put away those childish things. Those things of the world that are not acceptable by God. We understand what's not acceptable by God. He teaches us in his word what's not acceptable. And as a kingdom citizen, we constantly have to check and evaluate ourselves to make sure that those areas of our lives that are sinful, that we're exposing them to God so that God can deliver us. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you see how God sees you. Because if you can see how God sees you, then maybe some of those things, those filthy rags that you're still wearing, those sins that you want won't let go may become something that you're saying, well, I don't want God to see this about me. Yes, God knows every hair on your head. God knows everything that you commit, everything that you've done from your past to your present to your future. But would you not want to live a life that's pleasing in his sight? 
Would you not want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and do the things that he's called you to and called you into so that you can know without a shadow of a doubt that you'll receive your crown, that you'll receive your, 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 your well done, that good and faithful servant, enter into the gates? Or, or, or are you okay with possibly hearing him say, depart from me, thy work of iniquity? I do not know you. Depart from me. So now, as we, we continue to see how God sees us, he says that we are a holy nation. That means together we come together on one accord in holiness, in righteousness, in understanding and lifting up the name of God. We constantly, we, we can come together as a nation when, or we can come together as a race when it's dealing with social inequality or racism or, or all these other things. We can come together as that. But when we come together as the body of Christ, please believe me, we can shift any atmosphere. We can shift any environment. We can change the narrative. We can cause miracles to happen. We can speak life and speak it more abundantly. We can, we can speak in into the, into the lives of this country to cause change. But we have to begin to operate as a holy nation. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. Peculiar people and designated as belonging to God. Peculiar, something different, something that, that, that's not, that most people are not used to. We have to stand out as peculiar. I don't want to live in the same box that everybody else is living. When, I, when people see me, I want them to say there's something different about that man. There's something different about Pastor Thomas. There's something different about Thomas Brockenberry. What are people saying about you? Oh, she cussed too much. She drank too much. He, he, he got women all up and down the street. He, he doing this and he doing that. Or do you want them to say that you're a child of God and, and they can identify and say there's something about him when he comes into the atmosphere, when she comes into the atmosphere, when she comes around that the environment shifts and I don't want to remain the same. I don't want to stay the same when they come around. I need to talk to them because I'm drawn to them so that I can see what it is about them that's different than everything else. There are plenty of times where, where you can go into an environment and you don't even have to say a word, but when you're operating as a kingdom citizen, it should be a spirit on you that should be adverse to an evil spirit, but it should connect with other like spirits like yours. And then when you walk into an environment and there are others that are there that are Holy Ghost filled, that, are, that, that, that believe in the word of God, that are true uh, kingdom citizens with you, your spirit should connect. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter uh, anything about that. But because we're kingdom citizens, we connect together. We, Because we're kingdom citizens, we can be on one accord. We can walk together. I can proclaim and say the name of Jesus and a, and a praise break out. I can come together and we can, we can see or we can reason with one another. But when I walk into an atmosphere and there's adverse spirits, it should be something about me that causes the environment to be uncomfortable. Yeah, we're going to get into more scripture tonight about that. And we're going to deal with some things. But we are a peculiar people. So people should say, what is it weird about that person? Uh, it's something different. It's something off about that person. Uh, another thing is we are to show forth his praise. Because he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That scripture said he's called that we should so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We should be able to bear witness of the testimony. It should never be a time where somebody say, well, why are you a Christian? And all you say, well, my grandmother was one. My, my mother raised me in the church. No. What is the testimony of God for your life? What, has God, where has, what dark places has God brought you out of? What dark places has he set you free from? What are some of those things that, 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 that we, the Bible, when the Bible says that we are overcome by the words of 
our testimony that we can give others. Yes, a testimony is a simple test that we've overcome and God has brought us out and now we can tell somebody else about it. You got a testimony on the inside of you. It's not just that my grandmother raised me in church. It's not just that my mother raised me in a church. But, but in order for people to see how God sees you, you have to be able to tell them where God brought you from. You got to be able to tell people your past and what you've gone through. We don't have to remember. We, I mean, we don't have to dwell on our past, but we can simply say, this is where I was and God brought me. God's salvation, Jesus's blood brought me from this place. The, the shed blood of the Redeemer, the shed blood of the risen Savior brought me from this place where I was at my lowest point, where I had almost lost my mind, where I had almost given up. But when he got hold of me, he he put my feet on solid ground. When he got hold of me, he changed how I thought. When he got hold of me, he changed my mindset. When he got hold of me, he did something different in my life. And my life has been better. Yes, I still face adversity. Yes, I still go through problems. Yes, I still deal with issues. But because I serve a God who looks at me as fearfully and wonderfully made, that looks at me as his beloved, that looks at me as as adopted child, when he looks at me as an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus, when he looks at me, he sees himself because he said I was created in his image and in his likeness. This has to be your testimony when you're talking to one another. Yeah, I'm, I may look good right now, but you don't know where I was six months ago. I may look good right now, but you don't know where I was six years ago. I may look good right now, but you don't know where I was yesterday. But God brought me out. He delivered me. He healed me and he set me free. So how does God see you? How does he see you? And he said, we are royal priesthoods. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. We, we are, uh, we've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. What does marvelous light mean to you? Take a moment and think about that. You can put it in our notes section on our Facebook page or if you're on Periscope or Twitter, however you may be watching this. How, what does being brought out of darkness into God's marvelous light mean to you? Because I really need you to, I, I really need you to understand this. Uh, because if God has brought you out of darkness and he's put you and he's brought you into his marvelous light, this can allude to the simple fact that God is ready to put you on display. Yeah, he didn't just bring you out of darkness just for you to go about your merry way and, and go back to doing things the way that you did it. Because when God brought you out, he saw someone that he could say, this is my child, this is my daughter, this is my son. And if I can do it for them, I can do it for you. So, so he, he, brought, he brings us out of our dark places, our midnight hours, those places that we don't tell anybody about, those, those hurt places, those places of bitterness, those places of neglect, those places where it seems like we, 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 we were stuck at. And when he brought us out of those places and brought us into his marvelous light, we, we, we really got to realize just what he was doing. So we're going to look at another scripture tonight. So, so write that down for me. First Peter, the second chapter, looking at the ninth and the tenth verse. That was our first text for this evening. But our second text in this evening comes from Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Because I need you to look at this text and understand. Because if God brought us out of, his, out of darkness and into his marvelous light, I need you to decide what does that light look like? What, what does that light look like in your life? Does it mean you're not an alcoholic anymore? And you can stand up and say, you know what? I used to be an alcoholic. I used to be a womanizer. What, what, what is it that you can say that God brought you out of darkness about? I used to be hard on drugs. I used to be a womanizer. I used to be whatever it is. I used to be a menizer. I know that's not a word, but, but I used to have different men in my life, different men in my bed. I used to have different women in your bed. What is it that God brought you out of so now that he 
he set you in his marvelous light. That does not mean that you're a perfect person, but there's an example that God can use to say, I brought them from this. I saved their soul. I brought them out of darkness and placed them in marvelous light. For some, it may not even be drugs. It may not be alcohol. It may not be women. It may not be men. For some, God, he brought me from a place of poverty and where he placed me at. Nobody in my, in my generation, nobody in my household, nobody with my last name has accomplished the things that they've accomplished. Nobody with my last name has gone to college. Nobody with my last name has finished high school. Nobody with my last name has never been locked up. Uh, well, has not been locked up. What did God bring you out of darkness and now you're in marvelous light? Am I saying that all of these things are, 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 are just the worst things in the world? No, because there's even a testimony for those that have come out of those things. We all have testimonies of what we came out of and God has now placed us in his marvelous light so that others can see and say if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. There's a song by Zacardi Cortez that says, there is nothing that he can't do. I love it. If he did it for him, he can do it for you. There is nothing. Where are you at in your life? And I'm getting ready to go on to this next text. But where are you in your life where God is saying, if I can, if I've done it before, my track record, God's track record is undefeated. If I can bring them out of it, I can bring you out of it. If, if I can bring you out of that dark place of depression, you can stand up and testify that I brought you out of you almost losing your mind. When she left you, when he left you, I brought you out of almost losing your mind. When, when you lost that child, when you lost these situations, when you were in this dark place and you thought that nobody, that there was nothing else left for you. That God said, I can bring you out of darkness. I can wrap my arms around you. I can hold you in a midnight hour. I can cry with you. I can wipe your tears. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. If I can bring you out of that pitch black place in your life and put you in this place of marvelous light, that means that glow that surrounds you, that tells others, yeah, that's a child of God. God did something major for them. God turned their situation around. That, that a person that had the eviction notice, that person that don't know where their next meal is, that came from, and God turned, God reached down and turned it around. It wasn't by your hand. Everybody denied you. Everybody told you that you wasn't getting it. Everybody said they had no way to help you, but God shifted the atmosphere and brought you out of those dark places and brought you into his marvelous light those beds who am I talking to this evening this is Bible study but I need you to understand that when he said God brought you out of darkness and put you in, in into his marvelous light he said so that you may proclaim the excellencies he doesn't just do it half-heartedly when God does something in your life, he doesn't just give you the minute to come out. God said, if I'm going to bring you out, I'm going to bring you out with a testimony to give. Not that I just barely did it for you. I, I, we got to stop having this mindset that God just barely brought you out. No, if God brought you out, when he got you up, when he dusted you off, when he wiped you clean, when he set you back on your feet, I guarantee if you look back, you say it could not have been anybody else but God and the way that God did it is miraculous the way that God did it I can't I can't take credit with my own hands so I gotta give it to God I gotta give it over to him because there's nothing that you could have done with your own might to put you in this place so he said that can proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light because then it says for once you were not a people once he didn't even consider you. He said, but now you are the people of God. He knew you, but because of your sinful nature, he, he, it was a veil. But when you gave your life to Christ, when Jesus shed his blood, the Bible says that the veil was ripped 
in the temple. You didn't have to go to the priest. You didn't have to go to them to get a relationship with God. And I'm here to tell somebody right now that I don't know where you are in your life, but you don't have to wait for Sunday to give your life to Christ. If you simply confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the Bible said that you shall be saved. So your relationship can begin right now and he can bring you from darkness into marvelous light. I got more stuff to get to, but I need somebody to know that. It says, for once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy. That's something major right there in the text. He said, you had not received mercy. I need you to see that. Because we, we, constantly, we constantly run around saying that we're covered by grace and mercy. But this text said, but you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Why? Because of your kingdom connection. Because of your kingdom, your, 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 your birthright into the kingdom. Does God offer grace and mercy to everyone whom he sees and whom he, he made? But there were times where you were like, God, if you can just simply get out of me. And God said, you know what? I'm going to give you another chance because I'm hoping you see who I am and who I can be in your life. He said, but you have not received mercy. So now let, let, let's, let's look at this next text for us. Okay. So, so my question for you, you know, I asked you a question. Last week I asked you this question. Why is the old nature so comfortable? We talked about that, about how the old man feels like, like it, it, it just gets comfortable with, it, with what it has already done, where it's already been, the, the, the achievements that that old man, that old nature has, ha, ha, has established, the relationships it has established. But we understood last week that we got to get out of being comfortable with the old nature and begin to chase after what the new nature offers. So that was our first question. But our question today simply says this. How does God really see you? So now let's look at scripture at Matthew, the fifth chapter, looking at the 14th through the 16th verse. It says this. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in, what? The house. Let your light shine before men. Get this. Somebody underline that. Somebody please put this in our note section. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to get deep into this one. You are the light of the world. Somebody declared that I am the light of the world. Yeah, you, you, you've been hiding yourself for so long. You've been walking and living under this shadow. But God is simply ready to say, I brought you out of darkness and you are my marvelous light. But I need you to realize that you are the light of the world. There are people that need to be saved or people that need to understand who God is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But they need to see your light shine so that it can encourage them. It can give them hope. It can give them understanding. It can give them a, a purpose to chase after. He said, but he said, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You've been hot, trying to hide yourself. And the reason things have not been working is because you're not meant to be hidden. Somebody declare, I'm not meant to be hidden. I'm not meant to be in this place of darkness. I'm not meant to be buried under these clothes. I'm not meant to be buried under these problems. I'm not meant to be buried under this situation. I am meant to be a city set on a hill. Somebody declare, I'm on a hilltop. I'm, I'm, I'm bright and I'm being seen. He said, a city set on a hilltop. He said, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. So now, if, if, we, if we're understanding this, uh, God sees us as light to a dark world light to a dark world this 
This world is filled with so much hatred, so much vindictiveness, so much anger, so much uh, 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 negative stuff that if you are a child of God, you have to be that one with what counters darkness and what counters darkness? Light. So you have to so let your light shine. I know when, when I was a child and growing up in the church, and a lot of you remember this song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. When is the last time that you allowed that light to shine out of you? When was the last time that you stood up and, and just begin to testify of the goodness of God? When was the last time you had a meeting with your children and, and begin to tell them, yeah, we may not have it all, but let me tell you what God did with our food. Let me tell you how God paid our bills, how God covered us. When was the last time, not that you got on the phone and gossip about who did what at work but the last time you got on the phone with your best friend and said let's talk about what God has done in our lives and where we came from and where we are right now when was the last time you let your little light shine because to truth be told it's not even a little light if it's a marvelous light that means it's bright and radiant that means it covers and it consumes all darkness when was the last time you let let your light shine. Somebody declare, it's time to let my light shine in this dark world. See, if I'm going to let my light shine, then I got to realize this, that I am a representative of his glory. Uh, everybody that's a member of Liberty knows one of my favorite songs is Tasha Cobb's For His Glory. I'll do anything just to see you and behold you. As king for your glory, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm in a place where I need you to realize that you are his representative of his glory. When people see you, they should not see the enemy. They should not see what looks normal. They should see the glory of God surrounding you. They should see the glory of God all about you. They should see something marvelous on the inside of you. Like I said before, you should not even have to open up your mouth because what comes from you when you walk into the room should represent the rep or should represent his glory in the earth. Because that scripture tells us one, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor does a light lamp, uh, uh, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But you put it on the lampstand. So I need you to get this. I need you to see this. I need you to understand that as a representative of his glory, you're that lamp on a lampstand. You're that light that has been placed on the lampstand. And you got to be able to burn bright baby. I, I, I need you to get that your children have to burn bright. When you send, get it. Let, matter of fact, I want you to see this example. Everybody has, uh, most of us have kids or nieces and nephews. With your kids, your nieces and nephews, there comes a time where you getting ready to go somewhere or you're about to send them somewhere. You don't just send them out in, a fi in filthy rags. You don't just send them out with the dirty tennis shoes. You don't just send them out without their hair combed or their hair done. You don't send them out with bad breath. You don't send them out with raggedy clothes on. But you want them to go out because they're a representation of you. There's a representation of the house they just came from. So you're going to make sure that when they're going out in public, when they're going to be around people, People that don't know you, that your children represent you well. E I'm coming down somebody's street right now. The garments that you're wearing right now, do they represent Christ well? Do they represent the kingdom well? Do they represent his righteousness? Do they represent his glory? Do they represent his holiness? Or are you walking around with filthy rags saying, I'm a child of God? What are you representing in the earth? Who are you representing? 
Yeah, because you would get mad at your kids if your kids knew they were going to the White House or they were going somewhere exquisite and they put on them old dusty playing shoes that they had or they put on them high water pants when you have bought them new clothes and they're in the closet. Oh, who am I talking to? God has already replenished your closet and replenished your clothes supply and replenished your heart and replenished your mind. But you keep walking out the door looking like something else when God said do you see how I see you this is why I've given you grace this is why I've given you mercy this is why I've given you time at the time so that you can begin to see your life different who am I dealing with right now you have not seen your life different because one you've been going through church hurt one you've been going through home hurt one you've been going through spousal hurt the other you've been going through uh, hurt at work and God is simply saying I need you to pick yourself up, step into the closet, put on what I told you to put on, put on your garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. When you're going through, lift up your hands and say, God, I thank you, God. I thank you for the breath in my body. Come on, somebody do it with me right now. God, I thank you for the breath in my body. God, I thank you for the use of my limbs. God, it may not be the way I think it should be, but God, where you got me at right now, I'm coming through. I'm making it right now. And because you have seen fit, because you have continuously blessed me, I'm giving you glory. Somebody simply testify, God, I thank you, God, and I'm going to be your ambassador. Why? Because we're his, we, we, we begin to be his ambassadors and we begin to show the righteousness of God. We are the representatives of him. We also not just are representatives of him, but we are producers of his praise. We are the producers of his praise. That means uh, out of your mouth comes praise. Out of your mouth comes worship. I just gave you something to praise him for. God, I thank you in the midst of all of this. In the midst of my trials, I praise you. God, in the midst of what it seems like I don't have. In the midst of every no, God, I'm still going to praise you. Because I'm when I get my yes, God, when you give me my yes, because your, 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 your blessings are yay and a, your promises are yay and amen. I know what the world might say, but I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to praise you for your word. I'm going to praise you in advance for what you're going to release into my life. And God, if this ain't for me, I'm, I'm fine with it, God. Whatever you have for me, I'm going to praise you as you release it. I'm going to praise you in, uh, prior to you releasing it, God. I did somebody just praise God for a second. Praise him in advance. Uh, Marvin Sapp said it best. Praise him in advance. Not, not, not when just when you get it, but praise him for that approval that you're expecting. Praise him for that promotion that you're expecting. Praise him for the healing that you're expecting. Praise him for your child being an honor roll student. Praise him in advance for everything that you want because you are the producer of this praise. You were created for worship. Yeah, how you worship, you worship in your own fashion and in your own way, but you are the producer of a worship. You are the producer of his praise. And get this, as his chosen people, as his royal, uh, as his royal representatives, the, 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 we have a final standard of how we should see ourselves. Yeah, somebody, somebody make sure you get in this. Screenshot it, put it up there. As his chosen people and as royal representatives, this is the final word and the standard of how we should see ourselves. Let's go back to that scripture real quick. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Somebody say, no more hiding for me. Nor does any one light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, 
and it gives light to all who are in the what? In the house. So everybody around you should be seeing what God is doing in your life. And it should illuminate them so that they can say, you know what? That light that she possesses, that light that he's walking in. God, I need that in my life. God, I, I want that in my life. God, they're shining so bright. It's helping me to come out of my darkness. They're shining so bright that I can find my place in your kingdom. Yeah, God, you're using them as a testimony because they're on a they're a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I don't want to be hidden no more. I'm, I'm tired of hiding in my life. I'm tired of being on the back burner. I'm tired of living this mundane life. I'm tired of operating the way that I've been operating. If that's you, somebody simply say, God, I'm ready to be a city on a hill. I'm tired of being something that I know I'm better than. I'm tired of living my life the way that I've been living. I'm tired, God. And, and, and God, I need you to be who you said you would be in my life. I'm tired right now, God. I'm tired. And what I'm asking of you, God, I'm asking you to be my Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, my banner of victory. Because if I'm on that light stand, that I want to show the victory that you've already declared and the enemy that you've already defeated in my life. Somebody say, I'm ready to be a city on a hill. The rest of that scripture says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your what? Good works. That means you got to change some behavior. You got to change the way you speaking. The Bible said life and death lies in the power of the tongue, in the tongue. The Bible says the tongue is like a two edged sword. It can cut and it can build up. It can tear down. What, what have you been doing with your tongue? Who am I dealing with? What have you been saying out of your mouth? How have you been operating? What have you been doing with your tongue? What things have been coming out of your mouth that are adverse to what the will of God is for your life? The will of what negative stuff have you been saying where God said, no, I need to change your mind. I need to show your good works. Excuse me. I need to show your good works so that. Men may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. It's not for you to get the accolades because you can't. It, we got to stop getting in that mindset of saying when people ask us, how did we make it out? What did we do? And we start giving this long story about how I buckled down and did this. No, you had some prayer time. Somebody was praying on your behalf. Somebody, the, the old song said, somebody prayed for me. Somebody had me on their mind. Somebody took the time and they prayed for me. Then it says, I'm so glad. If somebody had not been praying for you, if you had not had that moment where you was like, God, I don't know what else to do with my life. That sincere moment. God, I don't know what else to do in this situation. God, I've tried it my own way. God, I failed over and over again. And God, I'm ready to submit to you. If you had not had that moment, could you really say that you got out on your own? When, when you fell down and you hit rock bottom and you said, God, can you bring me out? God, do you see me? How many people have have that testimony that you had that moment where you said, God, do you see me? I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm, 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 I'm torn down. I'm torn up. My mind ain't right. My heart ain't right. My heart been stepped on time after time again. They done broke my heart so many times. I don't believe I have a heart. Who am I dealing with right now? I don't My heart has become cold. My mind has become cold. My body has just become a tool. And I've just been allowing people to take advantage of my body. I don't feel on the inside anymore. Who am I speaking to right now? I don't feel like, like I'm anybody. I don't feel like I'm anything. My body has been used over and over again, and I keep giving it to man after man. I keep giving myself to woman after woman. I keep loving, trying to love, but, but God, I, I need you at this moment so that you, so, so that I can know that you're here. Who, who has that testimony? Who's had that testimony? to say, God, I'm here. Do you see me? Because God said, I see you and I'm, I'm ready to step in, but I needed you to get to a place where you realize that you couldn't do it by yourself. And I'm has, I have to be the one to, to light the lamp. 
I have to be the one to light the lamp. I have to be the one to set you on the lampstand. Because get this, and I'm just about done. <clears throat> if you light a lamp, it, it, in the scripture it talks about how can you light a lamp, a light a light, and then put put a, a, a basket over it. Or put it under a basket. See, this, this is what I mean. God has been trying to light a fire and you keep smoldering it out because the weight gets too heavy. The weight, the weight seems like you can't deal with it. The weight seems like it's too much. How are they going to perceive me? What are they going to look at me as? Yeah, God, they, they know too much about me. They know all my dirty secrets. They know where I've been. They know what I've done. They're they, 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 they going to talk about me. They're going to say I'm fake. They're going to say I'm phony. They're going to say all manner of things about me. But God said, if you allow me to light you, then as they try to put that cover over who I am calling forth right now, my fire will burn that basket. My fire will, as they begin to try to smolder you out, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to build you up so that you don't have to worry about being smoldered out because my fire is going to burn inside of you. And sometimes you got to go through the fire so that you can come out as pure gold. So allow God to light that fire on the inside of you. Allow God for you to have your furnace moments because when you walk into the furnace, they think you're going to die from the pressure. They think you're going to die from the hurt. They think you're going to die from the heat being raised up. But the Bible says that when uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace that, that Nebuchadnezzar looked in there when they expected their flesh to be torn up. The Bible said that they were dancing around in there and not only only did they see three people in there, but they saw a fourth person in there. I came to tell you right now that God is ready to ignite your lampstand so that when people look at the fire on you, they're not just going to see you, but they're going to see who dwells on the inside of you, who has been giving you life, who has been resuscitating you over trial after trial, who has been resuscitating you from situation after situation. Yeah, you didn't die in that situation because God was breathing into you the breath of life. Yeah, you didn't die from that problem because God was still breathing into you the breath of life. God was still calling things as not as though they were. God said, I gave you the ability and because I see you the way that I see you, because I see you as a city sitting on top of a hill, I'm going to bring you out, but I need you to grab hold of who I said you were. Yeah, I know this was Bible study and but these scriptures that I'm trying to tell you is so that you can grow and be built as a kingdom citizen. You have rights, but you need to know how God sees you. You need to know that God loves you more than anything. One of my other favorite songs, I don't know why all these songs are on my heart tonight. <coughs> But it says, I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne because you are God and all, God all alone. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, because of you, my cloudy days are gone. <coughs> and I can sing this song. I just want to say, I love you more than anything. If you can bow your heads, Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for this time of your word. We thank you for this time of meeting us in this place, God. God, now right now, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has been hiding themselves, that has forgotten how you saw them. They forgot how you said that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. They forgot how you said that they were above and not beneath you. They forgot how you said that they would be the lender and not the borrower. They forgot that you said that they were virtuous. They forgot that, they, that you said that they were a treasure. <coughs> and at this moment, God, that light is beginning to rekindle. 
But we know the enemy's plan is to smolder that light out. <coughs> so God, right now, release your angels. Give your angels charge over each and every last person that's under the sound of my voice. God, give the warring angels the ability to go into those places of darkness to, bring, to help bring the rest of our mind out, to bring the rest of our heart out, and to tell Satan not on my watch that I will be a beacon of light, that I will be who you called me to be. God, anybody under the sound of my voice that is dealing with low self-esteem, low self-worth issues, God, bring to their remembrance yet again who you called them to be. God, we ask right now that you wipe clean the slate on their life so that the guilt and bondage of their past no longer weighs them down. Release them from their past right now in the name of Jesus. Release them from their mindset right now in the name of Jesus. Release them from the bondage of hurt, the bondage of abuse, the bondage of neglect, the bondage of low self-worth, low self-esteem, the bondage of sexual abuse, the bondage of physical abuse, the bondage of mental abuse. Release them from it right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no right. Hell, you have no right demons you have no right release right now and go back to whence you came from we bind you back to hell from which you came from patience joy peace love self-control temperance the fruits of the spirit let us think on these things God your love for us your love that you said no greater love than any man showed them for him to lay down his life for his friend. God considers us friends. I am a friend of God. You are a friend of God. So God, have your way. Build that friendship and destroy the enemy's tactics. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you're tuned in right now, at the bottom of your screen right now, you see our church number. If there's prayer that you need, if there's anything that you need, we would love for you to reach out. Please leave us a message. We'll get back in contact with you. Also, if you need to email us, you can, meet, you can email us at info, LCC, LCCI info at gmail.com. Amen. Or you can email me directly at Pastor Thomas at lcconline.org. You can visit our website and you can reach us on there as well. I want you to know today is the new is a new day for you. Today is an opportunity for you to, from this moment forward, walk and live according to how God sees you, not the world. Too many of you have purpose. Too many of you have plans. Too many of you have gifts. Too many of you have assignments that have not been fulfilled. And the reason you're still here is because God has given you an opportunity to fulfill those assignments. Businesses. There's business owners. There's entrepreneurs. There's people that have new products that's been boiling up in your spirit that God has given you the plans for. And you've been saying to yourself, God, how am I supposed to do this? God said, trust me with the process. He said, write the vision. Make it plain. Submit your will to God. He loves you. And as I leave you on this evening, remember as always, live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. I love you with the love of God. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Please join me Sunday at 11.30 a.m. right here on Facebook, right here on Periscope, right here on Roku, um, right here on Twitter. You can find us on Christian World Media. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about what God is doing right here at Liberty Christian Church International. I love you with the love of God. Live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day or a wonderful evening. And go in peace. 
Amen.